views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey, everybody. It is so cool. Thank you so much, uh, Justin, for bringing us in here. Thank you for all of that. And thank all of you for tuning us, turning us on. You know, we have been in this incredible place, just so you know, that not only are, have we been revamping Lime Talk Radio, but we are getting ready to launch an initiative to raise funds. And our fundraising is not what you think. We're not the fundraising group that wants to raise funds for more research. That's not us. We're not the fundraising group that wants to do something to, you know, do a bike tour across the country. Here's what our fundraising is about. It's to raise the level of awareness and information, but bring it to the digital age. As a matter of fact, for those of you out there, get ready for our video game to educate people every age of life and our crowdfunding effort. Are you ready? Wait for it. Exploding ticks. Yes. And that has got to be something you're probably thinking, my guests are thinking, oh, my God, can we get out of doing this interview right here with her? Um, but guess what we've discovered along the way? And and certainly you're going to hear this from Dr. Enid Haller as well as Elizabeth Mellon. What you're going to hear is that when all is said and done, yes, this is a deadly disease. Yes, there are a whole bunch of other illnesses that are associated with it. Yes, we have it at epidemic levels. And yes, we cannot get the intention. So if we're not going to get the attention of people, except for today, Dr. Enid has done that, uh, then we're going to raise the level of awareness and we're going to bring it into contemporary times. You know, we're going to bring it in ways where we can educate our children in school, where we can make sure that people understand when you go out and you do that gardening, hey, do yourself a favor, throw those clothes in a hot dryer. Whatever it is we can do to raise the bar on this, we're going to do it. Updates on chronic Lyme disease legislation today and research. Yes, that means legal news, which is uh, hard to come by. But today we're going to be talking with Dr. Haller about that as well as, you know, bringing Elizabeth in. Why? Because they have been battling the battles. Dr. Enid Haller is executive director of Lyme Center of Martha's Vineyard. But beyond all of that, you know, she is somebody that has taken her credentials, has looked at who she is in the world, has seen many, many people show up, her own diagnosis, being told it's all in our head and having to figure this out, of course, through the help of some very brilliant people that hang out on Martha's Vineyard, but certainly 
having to figure it out to save her life. And Elizabeth as well, Elizabeth Mellon is co-leader of the Lyme Support Group and administrator of Lyme Life MV. Now, why MV? Why Martha's Vineyard, you're saying? Well, wait a minute, Martha's Vineyard, what? How did that happen? How did the fleas get over there? Well, it's kind of the same conversation. If you want to talk to this to my friends at the state of Washington here who refuse to take down on their website that Lyme disease doesn't live here, I'm telling you, the ticks travel, and you know what? They have frequent flyer miles. Hey, ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Hi, Dr. Pat. That's right. We're a little fired up here today. Thank you for joining us for today. I have been so waiting for an update. And, you know, I, I think that we cannot save and say enough, uh, Dr. Enid, for the people that put their feet on the ground, uh, put one foot in front of the other, uh, get out there and talk to other people about this. And we're now starting to see the results. But before we jump into that, each of you has a story, and I would like to hear a bit about what your each of you, your journey's been like, but most importantly, what what has been the controversy, not only that's in the chronic Lyme disease environment, but what you've run into individually. Let's start out with you, Dr. Enid, and, and then we'll just hop right over. Oh, thank you for having us again on the show. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've been working hard, and... Um, I guess I started this work eight years ago, eight years ago. So yeah. I uh, started the Lyme support group and um, that was started because here in Martha's Vineyard, the librarian uh, in West Hisbury said, Enid, I heard you have Lyme and uh, about 10 people a day are coming into the library asking for help. They keep being turned away from their doctor, you know, at the hospital or the walking clinic. And that was shocking to me. And so then I just yeah. started to investigate this whole thing. We were lucky because my husband and my daughter both infected with Lyme because Martha's Vineyard is ground zero. And um, I'm not sure why it's ground zero, <laughs> but it is. Uh, you've got the number one, uh, Joe Mark number one town in the entire state of Massachusetts. And yeah. um, for the most, um, you know, Lyme disease reported. And then we've got five other towns on Martha's Vineyard, top 10 lists in the entire state of Massachusetts. Yeah. So um, that's pretty shocking. But um, just to make a long story short, because everybody has a, a long Lyme story. Um, yeah. I saw the amount of people that were suffering here. And that was really upsetting me because they couldn't get proper help they needed. And me being a therapist, you know, I'm a psychotherapist from New York City. I moved here 10 years ago. We all got infected, my family, and here we've got this disease that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just shocking. Yeah. So we went on a journey. We found the right Lyme literate doctors, and I started sharing this knowledge. You know, basically, with everybody here, as many people as I could help, I would talk to about how do we find a Lyme literate doctor? How are we going to afford it? Who can we go to? And that's what I've been doing for the last seven years. But the last year has been different. 
and the Dean Lime Center opened a year ago. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, just wanted to thank you for having us again. And Elizabeth's my right-hand person here. And she's helping yeah. me so much. And she'll introduce herself. Hi, yeah, Dr. Elizabeth, Pat. thank you for joining me. Thank you, Dr. Ian. Yeah, Elizabeth, you know, the same question for you. You know, what has your journey been like with this? And, uh, you know, what is it about, you know, this disease that if it were any other disease, first of all, it's not even, you know, we're going to talk about this today. It's not even recognized that it's a disease. But secondly, here we are talking about it. And there is controversy. What's your journey been like? And what did you run into along the way? First of all, Dr. Pat, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to join you and Enid today. Uh, it is very controversial, and I have experienced that firsthand myself. Um, five years ago, I was bitten by a tick here on the island. And I was with a regular course of doxycycline, felt better. and but I never fully recovered, I don't think, all the way. And about a year later, I started having massive headaches, um, severe neuro neurological symptoms, cognitive impairment. And I would go to my primary doctor here, and they say, oh, you have a virus. You know, it'll work itself out. Um, I, I believe my first test for Lyme here came back negative. So they're like, no, it's not Lyme really test me for co-infections and I knew something was wrong. I, I know my body. I know what's a normal course of a virus. And uh, so I sought on my own uh, a doctor who was coming here for a while who was Lyme literate. Uh -huh. I had also called Enid on the phone uh, because I had a feeling I could be Lyme after reading about it. And she recommended a few doctors, and I was tested by them and diagnosed with uh, chronic Lyme disease, uh, Borrelia, Bartonella, and uh, tularemia. And mm. treated for eight months, got a little bit better. And then again, last year uh, in November, I started having uh, severe neurological symptoms again. Uh, I was having trouble speaking. Um, thinking, processing. Well, I knew what it was this time. My primary here, again, had no solution for me. Knew it was chronic Lyme, didn't know what to do. Uh, was quoted to say, well, in 20 years, it'll all be different. There's just not enough research right now to know what to do with you. Now, I couldn't work. I couldn't barely talk, think. And I was not going to accept that. I was not going to live my life like that. So uh, I sought out the Dean Lyme Center and the uh, Lyme Center in Rhode Island. And because we don't have anybody here, I had to travel to those places off island and have been doing treatment. And I have a decline now. It's confirmed that I have neuroborreliosis, which is, you know, Lyme of the brain. And the new yeah. decline and IV treatment should be helping that. So uh, I got really passionate about this because I don't think it's right that people who are so ill should have to seek out proper treatment. You know, there's there's infrastructure for other ailments. Uh, you know, God forbid that I had cancer or something, they would send me to an oncologist and put me in treatment mm -hmm. right away. I had to wait seven months to get the PICC line in. 
So that's just unacceptable for me. And I also wanted to help other people. So I started the uh, online on Facebook, Lime Life MV, to supplement what we already have going, which is the monthly support group that meets once a month here on the vineyard, um, so that people can post questions daily or ask for help daily. Uh, and we can all stay connected as a community and support one another. Yeah. I mean, it's a big conversation and yeah, we're going to give people lots of updates on what is actually going on. Bring everybody up to date. We're going to take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back with Lime Talk Radio. And by the way, if you have any questions whatsoever, 1-800-930-2819 or go to Transformation Talk Radio and on the right-hand side, click on the arrow. It'll take you to a page where you can literally type in your question. Today, updates on chronic Lyme disease legislation and research uh, from Martha's Vineyard with Dr. Enid Haller and Elizabeth Mellon. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stagnant or blocked in your love life, career, health, or finances? experiencing difficulty focusing or setting and achieving goals tune in to spiritual diagnostics radio with psychic visionary healers carol dorian and suzanne evans discover the cause and effect of unwanted patterns in life tune in every tuesday at 12 p.m pacific on transformation talk radio for more information visit spiritualdeed.com francine vale is a being of light she believes that all people of planet earth are as well as co-host of the Angel Healer Radio Show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seat belts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Get ready to rid yourself of all that is weighing you down and holding you back from living the life you want for yourself. Coming Clean, The Art of Transparency with Katherine Moss is a hit show for women in recovery who are ready to live life on purpose. Tune in and let Katherine help you live your truth one day at a time. Live each Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lime Talk Radio. For more about us, go to limetalkradio.com. You could go to Lime Global or you could go to the Dr. Pat Show, either way, or Transformation Talk Radio. You'll be able to get a hold of us. And, you know, we're thrilled to have Dr. Enid Haller and Elizabeth Mellon joining us here today. Before we dig in here, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you or to find out more about what you're up to, Dr. Uh, Dr. Enid? What, what's the best way? Yeah, uh, you can go to my website. You just Google Lyme Center of Martha's Vineyard. All my information is there. Everything's up to date. Um, You know, my phone number, everything. So if anyone has any questions, they can just give me a call on that main number on the website. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Elizabeth, how about you? Uh, Well, I have the Facebook group page going now, which is Lime Life MD. So anyone can ask to join that. And I'm glad you put, put you on there. And there's all sorts of updates on what's going on around here for Lyme disease. Awesome. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, (laughs) Let's get to uh, some of the real super important information, and that is to bring everybody up to speed. I know there have been a lot of things that have changed, and there's a lot more change to be done. And Mm -hmm. so I want to start out with uh, the conversation about, you know, long, 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 long debate about Lyme disease. Uh, And, you know, the whole idea, which I think is really kind of interesting about when people are challenged, why haven't you, why haven't you been able to seek out help sooner? We don't even understand about the whole, the way that this disease affects the mind. Mm. And so we get caught in this cycle. People that have this may not have some of the other symptoms, but they're just not thinking clearly. They get confused. Mm. Um, You know, we now know some of this, but we're not even at the tip of the iceberg. Dr. Enid, I would love for you to talk with us about this controversy and, you know, about some of the latest news. Yes, I would love to. Thanks, Dr. Pat. Um, I have to just bring you up to date, um, and I don't think I've even Mm -hmm. told you this, but eight months ago I got a pick line myself because I was losing my ability to read. So that's neurological Mm -hmm. Lyme. And, you know, we, we know that Lyme symptoms are across the board. I mean, you know, they're different for everyone, but when, when you know you have neurological Lyme, it's when you can't think anymore or you can't read or you get lost or you can't even remember words and you have word finding problems. That's neurological Lyme. And it wasn't until Dr. Nev from the Dean Lyme Center pulled me aside and said, let's do a PET scan of your brain and see what it looks like. And uh, I had brain damage, you know, from the PET scan. So Dr. Nev Zevcevic from from the wonderful Lyme Center we have here in Boston finally, you know, was able to show me physical evidence that I have brain damage from this disease. 
And it was then we got the pick line right away. And um, I've completely turned around. Um, I feel 100% better. I've had the pick line for eight months. And Elizabeth will talk about her experience, too. She had her pick line put in about a month or so, two months ago. And what Dr. Nev has done is come to Martha's Vineyard Hospital. I said, please, will you come to Martha's Vineyard Hospital and speak? you know, about this. And she did. And she was here about a month or so ago. And it's, it's starting to turn the Titanic around. I have to tell you the huge bad thing that's been happening with Lyme disease here in the vineyard is starting to get better. You know, for the first time I've seen movement, doctors are listening and they're starting to open their minds. And because she's Harvard Medical School and it's a Harvard Medical School teaching hospital where she uh, works, people are starting to pay attention. And I just am so grateful that this past year, the movement that we've made, I've seen more movement this year in in chronic Lyme disease Mm -hmm. than I have in all the eight years that I've been working in Lyme. Well, some people don't even know what the PICC line is. People, they're listening to the show. They're asking me, what's that? What is that? So I think we got to step back and just tell people, wait a minute, what is this? I'm going to let Elizabeth talk about the PICC line. Go ahead, Elizabeth. So PICC, which is P-I-C-C, it's a, um, it stands for Peripherally Inserted Centralized Catheter. So basically, it's a semi-permanent line that uh, is in your uh, vein, in your, in your arm, that allows you to receive uh, intravenous antibiotics daily so that they don't have to, you don't have to be stuck every day. You have this, you know, permanent um, thing in your arm that can be removed later for long-term treatment. So basically, it's breaking so, the blood-brain barrier. Sorry, say that again. People? What does this mean for people? Because we know the controversy around this. You know, the controversy has to do with. Wait a minute, are you talking about antibiotics? Well, that you know, there are a couple of schools of thought. So I would like you to bring us up to date on this, so that people have an understanding about what their choices are, right? Because right. I'm going to for so long, people don't have choices. Yeah, I just wanted to say one thing about it, that how Dr. Nev explained it to me was that we have a protective barrier around our brain, and this protective barrier won't allow most oral antibiotics to penetrate it, because and if you have neurological Lyme, you know, it needs to go through your bloodstream. (laughs) The antibiotics need to be in a PICC line, which is a um, basically an inserted line into your arm that goes right into your bloodstream, right into your brain. And I can tell you that the first day that I had this pick line in, my brain started feeling better. And I know that when I do the PET scan again in three months' time, it'll be a year that I've had it in. My brain's going to look different because I can tell you my brain feels different. I'm functioning like I've never functioned ever in my life. And I, I feel like I've never had Lyme disease. So uh, I can tell you that I don't know if there's a lot of treatments like that out there that, that a lot of people can say that about having all these terrible symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can take all the doxy in the world. And if you have neurological Lyme, it's not going to do anything for you. If once it's in your brain, uh, receiving IV medication through a PICC line is really the only way. Now, the problem with that is that the literature and the research, um, you know, the the outdated CDC-based research that many hospitals still go by say that 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 is not 
true or that, um, you know, long-term antibiotics are not effective, but they don't offer any other solution. So for people like Enid and I, this is really the only way, and we are feeling better. So we are living proof that this is effective treatment and it's necessary. And we're not alone. I know many people this year that have gotten pick lines through the Dean Line Center, and now there's a whole clan of people here in Martha's Vineyard that are feeling better. Mm-hmm. So this is like not just not just Elizabeth and I. You know, this is a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and I, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's why we've got to bring the conversation to the forefront because half the time, right? Folks can't even get a correct diagnosis. So let's just start there for folks listening. And yes. then when you do. Then what are you faced with? Well, you're faced yeah. with the arsenal of how do I convince people, right? Where do yeah. I go from there? Oh, and do I dare even bring up the insurance question right now? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yep. Well, depending what state you live on, unfortunately, we, we, uh, the state of Massachusetts has just um, fought this long four-year battle You know, and thanks to Dr. Sheila Statlander, my very good friend, a psychologist from Newton, uh, who has worked tirelessly for the last four years to make these laws change here at the State House. I mean, Governor Baker vetoed it how many times, Elizabeth? I believe three or possibly four. (laughs) It went back and forth for quite a while. We were on eggshells for about two months, practically. But, you know, we all showed up at the State House last November, Sheila had 300 chronic Lyme patients, which is what we like to call it, uh, CLD, chronic Lyme disease. We don't like to call it the other post, what is it called? I don't Uh, remember. PTLSD something, uh, PTLDS, post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome is what some people are calling it, but we don't like that. Well, we I don't, don't like know that why name. we call it that. It makes it sound like you don't have Lyme anymore. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I don't even and I understand think it was meant that. to do that, by the way. Right. Yep. Right. So we like to call it CLD, chronic Lyme disease, and we call, and and that's the name of it. And people are calling it that now, which is I'm very happy about. But what happened in the state house uh, last November was 300 Lyme chronic Lyme patients showed up all day from 8 a.m. in the morning till 6 p.m. at night. Each of them had five minutes to tell their Lyme stories in front of the committee, and it was uh, there was not a dry eye in the place for all day. It was horrifying and upsetting to hear all these poor people and what they've gone through and have had no help at all. And if they, you know, basically got even, were lucky to get a Lyme letter doctor, they've gone through all their funds, all their savings, all their money is gone. And it's just uh, a terrible, terrible story. But the good, not, the good news is that um, this, these Lyme bills went through. And, and what were the um, it was, numbers? Uh, the Senate overrode uh, Governor Baker's last veto by a vote of 37 to 1. Mm-hmm. And that was right uh, after the House voted to also override his veto, 153 to 3. And the bill goes into effect immediately so that all patients seeking long-term treatment in Massachusetts now have coverage by their insurance. And can I just tell you that I get my uh, infusion balls of ceftriaxone from InfuServe in Florida, which a lot of chronic Lyme patients go through. This is a wonderful organization. And uh, they send you a little infusion balls in the mail. And I've been paying out of pocket for the last eight months. And they just informed me today that Blue Cross is going to cover it. 
Well, what I love about this conversation is that we're be, it's the beginning of the beginning and you guys have done a great job in moving this forward. You know, what we're talking about is a society where, you know, this is so not being viewed as a disease that every effort to get this covered by state by state is really now we're ready for the next level. Because if, if Washington, D.C. cannot change this around, then Medicare is not going to change. And if Medicare doesn't change, then everybody over the age of 60, 60, 60, right, everybody, they're exempt. So mm-hmm. this is really a scenario where Massachusetts ha- is leading the game for this. And yet at the same time, we're looking at scenarios where how do we get everybody on the same page? You know, I, I think what I want to talk about, too, when we come back is how do we even get the conversation about giving people a test that works? And I know, Dr. Enid, I know, Elizabeth, there's an argument on the table that say the testing doesn't work. OK, but let's say this. There is a test that works better than the other test. How mm-hmm. about we get that test going yep. for people? Let's take a let's, short break. We'll be yeah, right back. Yeah, let's everybody. talk about that. Let's talk about that thing. And then let's talk about the psychological effects of this. Oh, why yeah. is it that even with the test, why are people opting not even to get the test? Yeah. Why don't people want to know? Yeah, we'll tell you about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Get into it for 2016. Do you want more prosperity, clarity, energy, and balance in your life? Join Lynn Brown now for one of her amazing workshops, each focusing on a key part of living your best life. For more information and to register for one of these amazing workshops, visit lynnbrownevent.com. That's lynnbrownevent.com. And get into it this 2016 with Lynn Brown. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seatbelts. 
We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have Dr. Enid Haller joining me here today and Elizabeth Mellon. And again, before we get back into this, because I know we're going to get going here, uh, please give out your websites and certainly give out your Facebook page. And, uh, you know, let, let's have people uh, be able to find out more about, um, about what you all are doing and how they can get involved. Yes. Well, my, my website is just you Google Lyme Center of Martha's Vineyard. Everything will come up. Uh, and the, the number is 508-693-1846, and um, I'll answer any questions for anyone. I have a free service. I don't charge anything. People can call about any questions they have about chronic Lyme, and I you know, try to hook people up with a chronic Lyme doctor or Lyme literate doctor in their area. And mine is uh, called Lime Life MV. It's a Facebook group page, so you can search for it on Facebook. And once you click to join, you can private message me if you'd like to ask questions or post any questions on there. And myself and other members will try to answer them for you. Wow. And I want to thank you both, first of all, for all that you do. Um, I also want to thank you for not giving up the fight. Um, You know, the conversations are out there now. There are conversations about... How does this affect the brain? And certainly, you know, we know of the work that has been done around this. Um, You know, I think one of you, I think it was you, Elizabeth, that kind of said, or maybe it was you, Dr. Ina, that said that, you know, if, if if you have the symptoms that show up like arthritis or show up in some very physical way, as it does for most people, right, shows up really muscular skeleton, um, then it gives you indications, even if you haven't had the bullseye, that there's something like that going on. But see, if you don't have those things, but all of a sudden you get a nodule, uh, it's still not enough to get your attention. But mm. then all of a sudden something starts happening. Maybe you're not remembering things the way you used to. You know, maybe there are moments where you're blacking out and you're just not used to it. Maybe you're getting confused. See, these are things you know, that are much harder to get anybody's attention to. And Dr. Enid, you were talking during the break, you know, if you're living in the Northeast, pretty much you've heard so much about this, that the last thing you want to do is get a test. The last thing you want to do is find out about it. You know, can you both talk about what we're doing, A, to make the test more accessible to people And what would you say to people that are just thinking, I don't want to get the test? And why is that a dynamic now? I know you both have experienced this. 
Yeah, I'll address it first, and then Elizabeth will jump in. But I just need to probably speak about that. You know, we all know the testing's poor, and and nobody sees a bullseye rash anymore. In fact, very rarely do you see a bite. So you know, the testing uh, is is not trustworthy. But you can't give up if you have a lots of weird symptoms and your blood work's coming back normal, and the doctor keeps saying you're fine, and you you know that you have some something wrong. And they send you to the psychiatrist instead of a, you know, and you've gone through many different medical doctors and they don't know what's wrong with you. I would, I would think I better get a symptom checklist for Lyme disease mm-hmm. and I better get a good one. And Dr. Horowitz has one, Richard Horowitz and why can't I get better? That's our best, one of our best Lyme books that you can buy. Uh, he's got a symptom checklist there. Dr. Nev has a, a symptom checklist that I am going to be putting up on my website that you'll be able to use. She's devised her, um, she's from the Dean Lyme Center, D-E-A-N, Lyme Center in Charlestown, Mass. at Spalding Hospital. This is the first legitimate hospital that is treating chronic Lyme disease. And they are taking patients from all over the country and outside the country. They take in any insurance all over the country. I don't know how they're doing that, but they are. You don't have to pay out of pocket. She's got a great symptom checklist that she's devised with John Ocott from Johns Hopkins University, who also just opened up a great Lyme Center at Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Dr. Brian Fallon at Columbia University has devised this checklist with Dr. Nev and Dr. Cheryl Koopman from Stanford University. So we've got Stanford, Johns Hopkins, Harvard, and Columbia University all working together as a team now. And they're going to they're gonna figure this out, I think. But, um, you know, so you, you just need to understand that you could have a misdiagnosis of many things. I mean, you could have fibromyalgia. You, mm-hmm. you could have MS. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, and even Dr. Nev, when she came to the island, uh, reiterated at the hospital yeah. that um, Barbara Johnson herself, who is from the CDC, she's an expert in their Lyme program, she even stated that the current two-tiered method, the ELISA test and the Western blot test, those are the, the go-to yeah. tests that most hospitals use. Uh, they're only 31% accurate with people um, that actually have the rash, which most people that I know never even had a rash, and 63% accurate with those people like myself and Eden who have neuroborreliosis or, you know, or Lyme carditis, mm-hmm. um, which basically means that 100 patients with Lyme, 69 of them will be misdiagnosed or untreated. And I know many, many people that have Lyme symptoms and they get tested and they come, it comes back negative. So they just say, oh, I don't have Lyme. I, it must be something else. And it's progressive. You know, as these spirochetes uh, dig further into your tissues, especially if it's gone to your brain, it's a progressive illness. So it's not something that we should be relying on a, a very faulty and clearly inaccurate test that's been documented as so. Uh, those tests need to go. We need to use more clinical diagnosis. Doctors need to be more educated at how to look for it, see the signs and the symptoms. And there's vast symptoms. I mean, there's different people within our own support group that are different. You know, some people have more gastrointestinal problems. Some people have more neurological. Some people have more muscular skeletal problems. And then there's people with a combination thereof. So I understand that it's certainly a complex disease, but why there's this denial or this um, apprehension to really go to a Lyme diagnosis, I really don't understand that. 
I think it's one of the problems is that they're afraid that the patients themselves are don't know where to turn. And exactly. I think that, you know, that's one of the major things is to, you know, get call up uh, the 800 at iGenix, which is I-G-E-N-E-X. This is a better test for Lyme from Palo Alto, California. They will send you a kit, but then you have to find a Lyme litter doctor or somebody in your area that knows how to read these tests and who will sign off on these tests. Usually there's a Lyme support group somewhere, you know, and if you reach out and try to find your Lyme support group in your town or in your state, you can call them and get some information as to are there any Lyme litter doctors in your town or in your state that you can go to that might take insurance because some of them do and some are operating. Those are ILADS doctors, I-L-A-D-S, International Lyme Disease and Associated Disorders. Association. Associated <laughs> so, yeah. yep. <laughs> and, you know, ILADS are the only doctors you want to, um, you know, trust because our poor regular medical doctors are not educated in chronic Lyme. They will miss the diagnosis. They won't see it. They won't know how to find it. And they'll give you the wrong diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then you end up like Chris Christopherson, mm. who, you know, has turned in, uh, who basically had seven years, uh, you know, of uh, dementia and Alzheimer's diagnosis, and he had Lyme. And he has since has gotten a pick Lyme, and, and he's back to normal again mm-hmm. in like six months. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that's really the the point that we want to make here today, yeah. that if if it's like you said, and people are thinking to themselves, oh, I don't want to know, or better yet, you know, there is a test that if you're living in the Northeast, for sure, that you can get the standard CDC test. Many of us are quite familiar with that test. Uh, and the only thing that, you know, at least unless this has changed, ladies, correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you go in and you get this five panel test and you have four of the five panels, uh, but you don't have all five, they walk out and they say to you, you don't have Lyme disease. That's exactly what they say to you. That's what they say. I know that's that's right. And that two tier testing that Eliza and Western Blot, Dr. Nev came in and educated these or tried to educate the doctors here at Martha's Union Hospital say, please don't use that test. If you, you know, please use the hygienics if you're going to use a test, but really use a symptom checklist and please don't use those two pill doxy anymore (laughs) because that is crazy. And they're handing out, you know, this, these, just these two little pills of doxy here on the Island. And I don't know where, how much they're doing that across the country, but that doesn't even make a dent in Mm -hmm. anything. And these poor people take these two pills and then they go back to California where they live and they've got, you know, full-blown Lyme symptoms when they get back there and they don't know what they've got. So there's yeah. a few problems here, you know, and, and finally, I think they are starting to listen a little bit. They're, they, mm-hmm. they, are, they just started to use the hygienics at the Martha's Vineyard Hospital last week. Thank God. That's huge. <laughs> you know, I mean, for them to start using that hygienics test, I just can't believe that happened. And then they're really not, they're trying not to use the two-pill doxy. So... The, the word has gotten out to some doctors, but there are other doctors that are stubborn and don't want to change. But, you know, at least we see a little bit of, of change. And Elizabeth, did you have something else for Dr. Nevedra? Um, well, I wanted to say to Dr. Pat, too, about yeah. why people don't want to get tested. I, I mean, talking about the whole Lyme denial situation, yeah. um, I have experienced that with friends of mine or with people that I know in terms of being afraid to get that sort of a diagnosis. They've watched what I've gone through. Mm. Um, I'm fortunate enough that, um, you know, I had to, I had to quit teaching for two years 
pretty much. Uh, I'm a school teacher here, and um, thank God my father will pick me up on the other side when I take the boat over, drive me to Rhode Island for treatment, pay for the doctor's appointment. You know, most people on the island, they don't have that. It's a, it's a huge misconception that this is an island of the rich. That is not the case at all. Mm-hmm. It's mostly the year-rounders, just working-class, regular people. And there is no uh, ILADS or, you know, Lyme literate physician here. So at right. least on the island and even off island, I mean, we, I had to wait six months just to get into certain places off island. So, you know, the cost is one big part of it. And then being scared of what sort of what's going to, uh, what, what kind of treatment is going to be involved and what's that going to cost and, you know, having a pick line in and, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it can be frightening to people. And, you know, the, there's such an array of different symptoms that it's easy for people to convince themselves that they don't have Lyme, that it is fibromyalgia or Alzheimer's or this or that. So it's a, that's a very complex piece of, uh, of this puzzle that we're facing here. And what's shocking, and I know we have to break, is that, you know, the reason why they fall back on this misdiagnosis is because insurance will pay for those. Exactly. And they won't pay for chronic Lyme. Yeah. That's so correct. It's, that's it's correct. A terrible, it's a terrible uh, problem. I mean, it's That's just correct. like a catch-22. Right. And it's because people are afraid or because the insurance, A, like you said, will not pay. And right. you hear from so many people that they're losing everything for the treatments. That's and right. I, you know, And I think this is important to say. I mean, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Let me just go up to Massachusetts. I don't know if it's that easy. I don't know if it's that easy to just pack it up and go up to Massachusetts for a treatment. I don't know what the Massachusetts laws are, but certainly you're not even including an entire arsenal of people on Medicare unless the law that was passed is going to include those two. Well, believe it or not, and and this is just in Massachusetts, uh, Medicaid and Medicare is actually good for Lyme disease, and it does seem to cover it very well and covers pick lines for over a year. So for some reason in Massachusetts, that's working very well. And it might be because of the sheer numbers that we've had here of Lyme patients. But um, the, actually, if you have Medicare, you know, it's a good thing. It covers your hygienics and it covers your pick line. Wow. So, well, and, uh, we can't, and let's talk about that because, yeah. you know, here you are, you're living in a state, one of the states. I, I'm going to focus on the Northeast because mm-hmm. I can't even go. I, I don't even want to touch what's going on in the Pacific Northwest here. Mm. Outside of the Northeast and California, Many of the doctors don't even know what the other tests are. If you were to go to the state of New Jersey, let's say, and walk into Jersey and any doctor pretty much there and ask them for the Lyme test, they're going to pull the test off the shelf. They're going to give you the one we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And when you say to them, Igenix, how do I know this? I just tried this. Mm -hmm. Nobody even understands what the Igenix test is. That's why our crowdfunding effort is to educate everybody and and to get their attention. So I got to ask you this question, you know, Mm. what can we do? How do we come together to say, wait a minute? Yeah, big move. Thank you for doing that. doesn't matter if you have Medicaid. If you walk into the state of Jersey, unless you hit the right doctor, they don't even know what an Igenix test is. And oh, dare I mention, they don't know how to read them. Yeah, no, that's a huge problem. Even here where we are, um, I've, I've been stunned at how many doctors, you know, A, didn't know where to send, send me. Even once I've had a confirmed persistent Lyme disease diagnosis and neuroborreliosis diagnosis, um, certain doctors, A, didn't know where to send me to get treatment. Uh, there's so much inconsistency, inconsistencies with education uh, for doctors. And 
we're really trying to get more continuing education for doctors everywhere so that they can be updated on what is going on. Enid, you, you have something to say yeah, about that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, is that, you know, we had a Lyme hackathon, you know, over the last uh, Dean Lyme Center and, and, and MIT and the uh, Bay Area Lyme Disease Foundation. Uh, they funded uh, this whole thing and we had, we hacked Lyme, you know, at MIT in June. We had a hundred you know, top line people there, you know, in the chronic line field and everybody was hacking for Lyme. Hacking means you're, you know, you're going to like try some new ideas and how in the world we're going to change this horrible thing that's happened. And the, one of the teams I was, I was on, one of them, I was trying to get, you know, a Lyme little doctor to come to Martha's Vineyard because I've been trying to get that for eight years. But I'm still, I'm not going to give up. I'm still working on that one. But, um, you know, the CME, the CME uh, credits, the, um, they're called, you know, basically doctors can get um, these, uh, you know, CME credentials in the sense that um, uh, myself and two other doctors were working on creating a online educational series to, uh, mm-hmm. so doctors can, Regular doctors can log into this and learn about chronic Lyme, how to treat it, and, you know, be able to get CME credits as a result. And ironically, another girl called me a couple of days ago. She came up from New York City to see me. She's working on the same thing, and she's connected, you know, to the CME organization, and we're going to work together. She uh, works through the Museum of Natural History in New York, and we're going to try to make this happen, you know, so we're going to reach out, basically create a program so that regular doctors can log in to this program and learn about chronic Lyme and learn how to treat chronic Lyme, which is even more important. So, yes, we are, I'm working on that educational series, and mm-hmm. I have one idea that I'm going to throw out for people out there. You know, the Dean Lyme Center is, takes all insurances from all over the United States, and their number is 617-952-6220. And I think it would be a great idea if anybody listening who thinks they have chronic Lyme disease calls that number and tries to get onto the waiting list. It's going to be about three months for them to get in there. But it is well worth it because they are counting people in the master computer at Partners Partners is the organization that owns every hospital in the Northeast, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, they own 36 Spalding hospitals. They own Mass General. They own Brigham and Women's in Boston. They own Martha's Vineyard Hospital, Nantucket Hospital, Cape Cod Hospital. And this is the organization, that master computer, all these people are being logged in there as chronic Lyme patients. Mm-hmm. That's the first time in history that that's yeah. happening. So, and they are going to move into more treatment. They're not doing antibiotic treatment yet, but they have other types of treatment there. But most importantly, they reach out to your local doctor where you're from, and they're educating your local doctor. Your primary care, the doctor that's in the state that you're from, you will get, they will get a call from Dr. Nev or one of the other two doctors to educate them about chronic Lyme and, and try and guide them as to how to treat these that's, people. It's huge. Yeah. Well, I want to, I know we only have a few minutes left, but I want to just tell you, you know, for somebody like me, what I want to mention, and maybe we need to do another show on this. Yeah. um, Across the globe, 
there have been people, and you know, if you go back for the past 10 years, let's take a snapshot for the past, well, let's say the past 12 years. Right. Um, we have had to pick and choose to try to figure out what the heck is going on. And, you know, we're talking about an epidemic that's not just in the Northeast. It's all over the world. Mm -hmm. But if you live in places like the Pacific Northwest, here's the good news about living here. This is the home of Bastyr University. This is the home of some of the top naturopaths in the world. And here's what the thing that is so frustrating for people this group of people that maybe will get a little speaking platform once in a while at ILADS or something, these are the folks that have been at, at the door of saving lives now. Mm -hmm. And no one will stand up and say, we've got to pay for their services. I think this is the biggest gap in wellness and do no harm that I've sure. seen in a really long time. I agree with you. And I think it's a, it's a travesty. You know, the natural path should be recognized at every state. And, you know, uh, Dr. Ronnie has been helping yep. us in the vineyard forever. Yep. And, you know, if it wasn't for Dr. Ronnie, a lot of people would not be getting any exactly. proper treatment at all. We were lucky yep. to have her here, and she is always doing a great job. But uh, there is a problem, and, you know, we need to bring attention to it. But, like, the more that we speak about this, obviously yep. we're getting uh, – our voices are being heard a little bit more now mm -hmm. than I think ever before. I agree. And I would love to have another show because we want to talk about Dr. Kim Lewis at Northeastern University because yeah. he, he says he might have a cure for Lyme. And we just brought him here a couple of weeks ago, and he was the most amazing guy. So we need to have another show, I think. <laughs> well, I think we should have another show. Maybe we can get him on it. You know, because... I, We should try. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I said something earlier to you both. It is like the, this is the world where people are going to whatever length they could go to, to save their lives. That's yeah. the story that's not being told. Right. It's exactly. a story that really transcends medical or insurance. It's a story where people will search the, the world to try to find a solution. That's and right. I think that's what we've got to bring to the forefront. What yeah. if we were to get people together like Dr. Darvish at, out of Seattle, you know, what if we to get people like her together to say, my gosh, you are battling this even in the state of Washington, which doesn't even, doesn't even comprehend Lyme disease and yeah. you're saving lives. When you can muscle test, can you feel me on this now? Sure, when mm -hmm. you can put a, a, a bacterial template on somebody's chest that has some form of the co-infection in it and muscle test that, and you've done it a thousand times correctly, maybe 5,000 times correctly, and the blood work supports it, we are missing some of the most incredible, incredible ideas about wellness on the planet. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a harder nut to crack. But I got to tell you, hard. I mean, that it has to happen, and I think it will in our lifetime. I think it will. But the, uh, the, the major thing that's helpful, Dr. Patton, and, and then I'll mm. shut up, mm. is, um, you know, is that the Ivy League schools are starting to pay attention here. Mm -hmm. And that that's, when, that's when things start to turn around. Yeah, okay? what you guys did in Massachusetts, uh, all of us were taking bets on that. And the, and the major <laughs> pollsters, no, I'm serious, the major pollsters, that were looking at that said never happened in the, in the land of Harvard, never <laughs> happened. But what you guys did 
was massively amazing. You was, have done was something Dr., unprecedented. It was, it was Dr. Nev, I got to tell you. Her influence in on Massachusetts and the hospitals oh. here, she's broken through. And the yep. credit really goes to her. I, I well, it takes you. a village. Right. A, well, we and we all we all were right behind her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys. Please again, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Dr. Give out Pat. the Facebook page if you would, and I can't wait to our next chat. Oh, me too. Um, this, so the Facebook group is uh, Lime Life MV. Awesome. And we'll make sure we send that out as well. I want to thank everybody for tuning us and turning us on. And certainly for sure, you want to get plugged in. Let's get educated. Let's get informed. And as uh, as Enid and Elizabeth did and, and, you know, folks up in Massachusetts, yeah, we can turn this around. All right, everybody. We, we we'll talk can. to you next time. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Pat. Thank you. You bet. You ladies rock. <laughs> you do too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, visit LimeTalkRadio.com and tune in next time.